Welcome to Wound Care Conversations, a podcast from Coloplast Professional. Wound healing can be complex, and here at Coloplast, we want to make life easier and simplify wound healing. Through this podcast series, you'll hear from our expert tissue viability nurses as they bring to life their extensive wound care knowledge and experience. Utilising the Coloplast three-step approach of assess, prepare and treat, you'll hear from fellow healthcare professionals and experts across a variety of roles within healthcare as we discuss all things wound care from etiologies to service improvement. Welcome to the first episode of Wound Care Conversations. Today we're discussing the Coloplast three-step approach of assess, prepare, treat. I am Charlie Pick and I'm a tissue viability nurse advisor at Coloplast. I'm Sam Wharton. I'm a tissue viability nurse advisor for Coloplast. So Sam, assess, prepare, treat, the Coloplast three-step approach. Shall we have a little chat about it and break it down? Yes, that sounds like a great idea, Charlie. Okay, so when you think about wound assessment, what would you say that are the key considerations to making sure that a, a good assessment is completed? Well, for me, working in tissue viability for 13 years, the key thing that's often missed when I used to go and see patients and see uh, wounds was that they'd never had that diagnosis. So for me, it's really doing that pre-work. It's looking at the patient, looking at all the patient factors. It's looking at the psychosocial factors. It's looking at the patient factors, what medications they're on. And you do all of this before you even look at the wound. Then once you're looking at that wound, it's doing that assessment of the wound bed, the wound edge and the peri-wound skin um, and doing that really holistic assessment of that patient. So let's just take it back a little bit. You said psychosocial factors. What are they? So that's uh, if you're looking at where the, the, for example, where the patient's living, what their uh, social factors are. Are they working? Are they unable to work due to the wound? Are they um, having any mental health issues? Are they depressed? Um, There's lots of studies out there that patients that have uh, chronic long-standing wounds um, often have depression associated with that sort of chronicity of the wound. Um, So has that all been assessed and and treated or optimised as much as possible for that patient? So from what you've said, I would recommend that Uh, when you're doing an assessment, you do that assessment of that patient first, the holistic assessment of that whole patient before we look at the wound, the hole in the patient. Would you agree? Absolutely. And I used to sit in a a complex wound clinic and often the patients would come into the clinic and they'd be desperate to take their dressing off and jump up on the couch. And um, it's sort of having that, that, that moment to get them to sit down, to really talk, listen to the patient, find out what their issues are with that wound, how it's impacting on their life, um, seeing the history of what's happened, what treatment they've had so far, and really getting into the detail. Then um, after that full holistic assessment, looking at their medication, and also another thing that I used to find was they'd sort of hand over their script with all their medication but actually when you delve into that are they taking that medication or are they adapting it to what they want to take so again it's having that time to do that really detailed assessment and then you would get them up on the on the couch and and get into sort of the wound and when you're looking at the wound then you're looking at the dressing again before you've even taken um, the dressing off you're looking is that exudate contained within the dressing is it leaking have they got bandages around their 
ankle as opposed to in the right place. You're looking at your patient even when they're walking into the consulting room. You're seeing what their mobility's like. You're seeing what their hygiene's like. You're seeing how they're presented. Are they anxious? I think as nurses, we do it so naturally that until you actually look at the finer detail of everything you're taking into account when that patient is first presented to you. Yeah, so it is It is a very in-depth thing that needs to be done and it is a skill and I think over time you become better at it. Absolutely agree. But I would also say that probably of the three steps, assess, prepare and treat, assessment is maybe the one that lets us down sometimes purely for the time that it takes to do a full holistic assessment. And you mentioned about medications and delving into what medications they're taking, but it's also around understanding why they're not taking the medications that they're prescribed and what the reasons for that are. I suppose wound assessment or holistic assessment of your patient before your wound assessment can be quite a complex process. Absolutely. And I think when you look at the guest data, for example, and you look at the um, clinicians that are looking after wounds now and the workload of the wounds that they're looking after, unfortunately, in some areas, it has just become a task. It's become, right, let's go in, let's take that dressing on, let's put that dressing back on. And that's why we've lost that diagnosis, that that time, that assessment, that initial diagnosis to find out what the etiology of the wound is. So we've done a really thorough holistic assessment of our patient. We've done a really thorough assessment of our wound. But what is important when you're looking at the wound? Do you, lots of healthcare professionals will look at the wound bed and absolutely we need, we need everyone to look at the wound bed, but we also need to remember the importance of the wound edge and the peri-wound skin as well. Absolutely. And also, um, for example, if you're looking at a, a wound on a lower leg, it's really important you look at the other leg as well to get that comparison. It's asking that patient what's normal for them, because until you know what their normal is, you don't know what's happening within that wound and the surrounding skin. So when you are looking at the wound and assessing that wound, is there any particular frameworks that, that you would use to, to help you with that? Yeah, so uh, within Coloplast, we have the triangle of wound assessment. Um, so that's a really good, thorough, robust assessment that includes uh, your patient psychosocial factors, uh, the patient factors themselves, so medication, age, other comorbidities. And then it looks specifically at that wound bed, wound edge and peri-wound skin. By doing that thorough wound assessment, it actually then gives you your management goals. Yeah, so that's a really good, good framework to use for wound assessment. And simple to remember with the with three steps. So we have the three-step approach with assess, prepare, treat, and then the three steps in the wound assessment for your wound bed, wound edge and peri-wound skin once you've um, already done that holistic assessment of the patient. When we have done our thorough holistic assessment, we've assessed our wound bed, wound edge and peri-wound skin. We then move on to the, the second step, which is to prepare. Now, wound preparation, to me, I think is a fairly new concept. Three, four, five years ago, if you'd have said to me about wound preparation, I'm not sure I'd have understood what you meant by that. Had you said cleansing and debridement, then I probably would. So why is wound preparation become really important in wound care? So for me, when I first came into wound care, it was very much talked about the, the dressings did that wound debridement um, and you didn't need to cleanse the wound unless there was anything visible because by doing that you would reduce the temperature. So it was very much don't disturb, 
reapply, address, and assess, and then and then carry on. But I think in the last sort of five, six, seven years, uh, we've obviously become much more aware about the biofilms that sit within the wound, deeper into the tissues, um, and they they are present in eighty to one hundred percent of all chronic wounds. So I think that's why there has been a lot more awareness about it. Also, we're evidence-based practitioners, so we need to keep up to date. And actually, all the evidence tells us that we need to be cleansing and debriding wounds to uh, disrupt the biofilm, but also to remove any of that devitalised tissue to get that wound to heal. So yeah, so I think it is definitely much more thought of. And also, it's the terminology, isn't it? When you think about debridement, whenever I do teaching or anything, people straight away assume you're talking about sharp debridement. Absolutely. And actually, when you're talking about wound preparation, it's that more holistic assessment of the wound and it's uh, removing those barriers to getting that optimum um, healing environment. So I think it's just changing clinicians' mindset of actually we're all debriding. When we're, when we're cleaning a wound, uh, we're cleansing it. When we're selecting our dressings to put on that wound, that's all debridement, whether it's the dressing doing autolytic debridement or whether we're doing that mechanical debridement. So with regards to wound preparation, um, you touched on the fact that, you know, it's changed over the years. I know when throughout my career, there's been numerous different ways of cleansing that wound. Some Sometimes it was not to cleanse at all. Sometimes it was just to use a little bit of normal saline. Then I suppose more latterly, we've started to use saline and gauze to disrupt whatever is in that wound bed. And now we are saying to use mechanical debridement tools, such as all prep pad, to help disrupt those bio burdens, to try and remove any debris that has sat, sat in the wound bed, um, but also to help that wound edge and that peri-wound skin so that we can promote that optimum healing environment for that whole wound and not just the immediate wound bed. And that's why it's so key because when when you're become so focused on just that wound bed and you're neglecting the rest of the patient, then you're not optimizing. You're not you're not ensuring that that patient is in the best possible way to to promote that healing looking at nutrition as well you know that's so key and often um, again if we're not doing that really robust assessment in the beginning then we're not going to pick up that they're maybe nutritionally compromised and they need to be optimizing that so um, yeah I think we often become so focused on that actual wound bed but the wound edge again if you're not removing any of that devitalized tissue or crusted exudate that's sitting on that wound edge, how are your epithelial cells going to migrate across? They're not going to be able to come across. And then unfortunately, with chronic wounds, you will end up with that rolled edge, which is really, really hard to manage. Mm -hmm. So it's really evident from the Assess, Prepare, Treat framework that each step is as important as the last one. So we've highlighted the need for a really robust holistic assessment and holistic assessment of that wound as well, um, using the triangle of wound assessment. But it's also really important that we then prepare that wound, because if we don't prepare the wound, we're not going to remove those barriers to healing. So it's quite clear. It's almost like a triangle, again, of assess, prepare and treat, that each step is just as important as the last one. And if we miss any of those steps, we aren't optimising that healing outcome for the patient. I absolutely agree. And also it's not you go assess, prepare, treat, you may go assess, prepare, then actually you need to go back to assess because you've, you can visualize the wound better. You've removed um, some of that bio burden. And, you know, when, when, I mean, straight away, in my mind, I think of pressure ulcers, you know, once you've prepared that wound, 
you may then actually find that um, the category might have now be truly revealed as to what depth of damage that's present. So again, you may have to go back to your assessment because maybe they need additional equipment or they need additional support to ensure that that pressure also heals. So yeah, no, absolutely. It's not a one, two, three, assess, prepare, treat. It's assess, prepare. Do we need to go back to assess, then prepare again, then treat? Um, so it, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a cycle. A continuum, yeah. You're listening to Wound Care Conversations from Coloplast Professional. You can explore more of the educational material Coloplast Professional offers specialist nurses and healthcare professionals on our website, coloplastprofessional.co.uk. We've done robust holistic assessment of the patient and of the wound. We've then prepared it. And then we move on, on to the third step, which is treat. Now, I think this bit can be really tricky for healthcare professionals knowing what the right dressing is to meet the objectives that they've found when they've done their assessment. There's quite a lot of variety of dressings available out there and sometimes it does just become quite confusing for clinicians. But I think if you've done that assessment, through doing that assessment, you've then seen what your management goals are and you've you've identified what you need your dressing to do. So do you need that dressing to manage exudate? Do you need that dressing to debride? Do you need that dressing to conform to the wound bed so that you're not getting pooling of exudate within it? Do you need a dressing that's antimicrobial? Have you got a bio burden or localised infection so you need an antimicrobial? So through doing your assessment, looking at the wound bed, wound edge and peri-wound skin, you then know what your management goals are so that then you choose a dressing that's going to be able to manage those goals. So yeah, I think that's the sort of that how clinicians need to to think. It's not just, I'll take that off, I'll put that back on. Mm -hmm. It's having that thought process of what am I trying to achieve here mm -hmm. with this dressing, not just... And is it achieving that? Yeah. Absolutely. And that's where you go back to every single time you do that wound dressing, you're reassessing, you're looking at the dressing. And I, I used to love looking at dressings. And if I got to see a patient and the the healthcare professional had already taken it off I used to go rummaging through bins because I wanted to see what color the exudate was whether it had been contained in that dressing because you can get so much was there odor present we've all smelled out pseudomonas I mean Absolutely. I see a picture of pseudomonas and straight away I can smell it mm -hmm. <laughs> so you know it's picking up all those those cues um and then knowing if that product is is doing what you need it to do and if it isn't why is it not have we not done our assessment? Have we missed something in our assessment? Or do we need to refer on to another professional to get more advice and support? So have you got any stories from uh, your clinical time on treatment plans and the difficulties um, that healthcare professionals and or patients struggle with with those treatment plans? Yeah, so what I often found was you would have some nurses or uh, HCAs that had their pre preference of dressing and it was just a dressing that they liked as opposed to, like we've just spoken about, it's not about what the wound required, it was what they liked and often um, and, and sandwiching dressings so that then the, the dressings were actually working against each other as, instead of together. I've seen that a lot in practice. And again, I think it's due to sometimes knowledge and mm -hmm. skills and confidence to challenge. Not that people would like to change treatment plans, but maybe not record that mm -hmm. and give their rationale for, for changing it. So then someone else would come in and be like, well, actually, I want to put this on. And again, not rationalising 
why they've made that decision. It was just down to, to personal preference on, on dressings. Um, and then, you know, what happens to the patient at the end of the day? They start to lose a bit of trust because mm-hmm. they say, you know, everyone puts different things on, their wound's not progressing. Um, and that's where you need sometimes someone to say no we're following this treatment plan, we're giving it a a decent amount of time. So we're going to reassess in two weeks and actually see if that treatment's working as opposed to the next time I'll just change it to something else. And it's about that simplifying of wound care, isn't it? And I think the the three-step approach can really help do that. It can simplify wound care. It tells you exactly what you need to do, but it also will give clinicians confidence in what they're doing and confidence to challenge um, if they don't agree with a treatment plan that has been put in place. And as long as they can rationalise um, why that treatment needs changing, then I, th- I think this framework is definitely great for healthcare professionals to build their confidence. Because we all know that there is, you know, there isn't loads of wound care education out there um, and it's not readily readily available for your band five nurses, your healthcare assistants or any other healthcare professional that isn't already a specialist. I think once you become a specialist, that opens doors to more education for you. But the people that are on the ground doing the work, there isn't always that education available. No. And anything that you can simplify is is going to be much more easily followed. So that's why I think, you know, assess, prepare, treat, it's simplified and anyone can follow it. Thank you for listening to Wound Care Conversations. To see more of the wide variety of content we have to offer, please visit colloplastprofessional.co.uk. See you next time. Wound Care Conversations is a vibrant sound media production for Coloplast Professional.